0: And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody
1: fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: (laughs) Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to History of a Haunting. I'm your host, Archie.
2: I am your host Carrie and I'm your host Laura.
1: Hi. And hi. Hi. Hello.
0: (laughs) This episode we are going to the oh God, here I am. Dyatlov. Dyatlov Pass and Svedlovsk Oblast, Russia, which is about (laughs) a thousand miles northwest of Moscow. Aaron, did I fuck that up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome.
2: <a>
1: thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. Russia is a, is a new country of listeners in the last couple of months, and uh, we would like to say thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and uh, goodbye. Because <laughs> we are so sorry for how bad
0: these three white Americans are about to abuse your language repeatedly.
1: And over and over. (laughs) Yeah, they're about to bounce the fuck out right now. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we will certainly give it our our very best effort, but we are going to do a preemptive apology Mm -hmm. all around. Um, Before we get to the story of this crazy, crazy... um, uh, uh, Mister. Thank you. I was like, what is the word? Uh, <laughs> see, I don't even know English words, Russia. So <laughs> there's that. Um, before we get to this mystery, uh, <laughs> Arj, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who the Patreon of the Week is? Our Patreon of the Week is Margaret.
0: Yay! Yes, our new friend. Yes, Margaret. We have been excited to read notes from and look forward to. Potentially reading her doctorate.
1: Yes. Yes. Her thesis. Yeah. Um, So Margaret, you are our Patreon of the week and we welcome you and we love you. We thank you so much for your generosity. And to Margaret, everybody, big standing ovation for Margaret. Yay. Yay.
0: So, um... I was, I was tasked with putting this article together and what I found was from a website or a story on museumcenter.org. I thought it was, I read, Oh God, I read so many stories about this. Yeah. That my mind was just warped and blown and twisted around. And, and I thought this was the best culmination of all of the information Great.
1: Okay. Now, Arch, you have never heard of this this story, have you? No, I haven't. Not a Laura, sure. Laura, did you know about it?
2: Yes. Yes. I've yeah. seen some really cool videos and um, heard some of the theories. And yeah, it's, it's such an interesting story.
1: It's a really, really interesting story. I think I just recently read an article that they had concluded their investigation with mm-hmm. what happened. But it doesn't seem to satisfy most people that have been following this in the decades that since it happened but um i agree with you arch i think that that everything that you found is succinct and to the point it hits all of the important parts of the story and as always really really great job on your on your research so um this one is more falls more into like the conspiracy theory type of uh genre of paranormal um so it's a lot like we, the episode that we did on Skinwalker Ranch in that um, the the history and the hauntings or the the you know mystery of it kind of go hand in hand from the beginning. So Archie has wonderfully broken out the, these sections of the story and Laura is going to start us off with the beginning of it. I'm going to talk about the middle part of it and Archie's going to do his favorite part, which are the actual theories of what happened up there on the mountain. So <laughs> to that end, Laura, you are all going right. to kick us off with this insane, insane mystery. It really is. So, all right, we're going to start
2: in January of 1959. 10 Hagers. All but one were students at the Ural's Polytechnic Institute in Sverdlovsk. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. I like it. Sverdlovsk. I like it. All right. That sounds good, right? It takes into account all the consonants <laughs> <laughs> that I love so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they began a hike into the Ural Mountains. Um, it was led by Igor Jatlov. Okay. Igor? Igor? I- Igor? Igor? Russia? Okay. Hit us up, Lisa. All 10 of the people were experienced hikers. Um, they had planned a three-week trip with a return plan for February 12th. One hiker, Yuri Yudin, left early in the trip on January 28th due to a flare-up of sci- sciatica. Am I saying that right? Sciatica. 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 Whatever. Shut up.
1: <laughs> also, um, this guy <laughs> time...
2: Totally
0: a valid reason. <laughs> back out of anything.
1: Oh, yeah, Archie, suffered from that. No, Oh, yeah, it. it's the But, I mean, in comparison to the, what he left, he was very lucky. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. So Bucky, lucky, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> so he had made it. All right, are you good? <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Archie, are, are you done with your poor me and my side? Like, Listen. <laughs> You just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It may come up again. Well, you. are killing me.
2: Okay. Well, poor, poor Yuri. Um, (laughs) He made it to the final leg of the trip, getting out into out to the Ural Mountains by sled, but had to ride back on the sled to return home. By this time, he'd already taken two train rides, a bus ride, and then the sled ride with the other hikers to get to the place where they would begin their treacherous journey through the mountains in the winter. He was disappointed to leave, but this decision would ultimately save his life. And I'm not surprised that he had this pain after all these-
1: I was just gonna say- just
2: like, no wonder he right?
1: I'm already enough. like, not worth it. This is far too much. Right. I'm just gonna go home.
2: I have sciatica.
1: Yeah, I have sciatica too. I gotta go.
2: <laughs> my back hurts just thinking about this <laughs> trip. <laughs> like nope. All right. So there are records of the hikers up uh, through February first. That day, the hike started late and only managed to cover two and a half miles, which could have been the burden of excess gear carried by Yudin's departure and low visibility due to the weather. At some point, oh, so the he just
1: so he just was like, "I'm out of here. Here's my shit. Let's I'm <laughs> bye." He didn't even take his stuff with him. <laughs> Pretty Much I think. Well, nice. you know, they mm-hmm. got to
2: divide the food and all that, right, that they're carrying. So, one less person, you're going to, oh okay. the load's going to get ha- heavier. Oh, Uh-oh. all right. Huh, okay. All right. Sound good to you? Yep. All right. So, at some point, the hikers dropped off um, excess gear at a base camp before continuing up. God, <laughs> this one's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Colette Siaki? Um, which is Dead Mountain to the native Manson people.
1: And it's Dead Mountain to us. <laughs> right?
2: Aptly <laughs> named. Um, so they set up camp on the slope of the mountain, possibly because they did not want to lose the ground that they'd covered and because they were losing daylight. However, experienced hikers in the area have said it was an odd place to set up camp. Uh, they had dinner around six or seven and seemed to be in good spirits based on their personal and trip journals. And then nothing. They did not arrive back by February 12th, though no one was immediately concerned. It was treacherous terrain. They could have been slowed down. Families, however, became worried when they had not heard anything by February 20th, and a search party was sent the following day. Rescuers came across their tent a few days later, but the scene left everyone with more questions than answers. What happened to these hikers?
1: Okay, so... Um, this is where my part comes in, because um, Archie doesn't like to talk about dead things, and I can't talk about them enough, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but you did such a good job. Well, thank you. Um, so when the search party and the rescuers came across their tent, um, it was the first thing that was found. It was facing north-south, with the entrance facing south, and the north part was covered with um, 15 to 20 centimeters of snow. For us Americans, that's six to eight inches. I looked it up.
2: Um, You would have to because none of us know metric. You don't
1: know metric. (laughs) Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Um,
2: (laughs) We're imperialists and we're sticking to it.
1: Yes. (laughs) So the snow actually appeared to come from the blowing wind and not a sudden avalanche, which I guess was what they had initially thought had happened to them. Um the indu- individual, wow. Oh, wow. The individual who found the tent claims that he found a flashlight on the tent, but this was laying on top of about 10 centimeters of snow, which is about four inches. Uh, The tent had been cut from the inside and the entrance exit was actually still fastened closed. So I thought that was a really interesting detail that. Why? Why would they have cut the back of the tent to get out of it? Like, was there something at the front of the tent that was like preventing them from going out that just like easily accessible exit or was it just faster to cut the tent or did somebody cut the tent I have so many questions and I hope you're answering some of them
0: probably have been faster to whip out a knife and cut it
2: than try and get your fingers together to unzip a zipper right Mm. especially if you're like adrenaline right like your adrenaline's pumping because something is happening you know I'm sure we've all been there where you get like just jacked and you're (sighs) Hands don't quite work, you know.
1: Right, even like if you're like rushing to like get in your house and like in the night and you can't even like quite get your key in the lock kind of a thing. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Or there's, you know, there could be something
1: at one end too,
2: of course. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, So the hikers um, must have escaped the tent through the cuts made on the side. Most of their belongings were actually found inside the tent. So The next thing that the rescuers found were footprints leading downhill, which wasn't abnormal, except that the footprints were those of people in socks or bare feet in Russia in February on a snow-covered mountain. (laughs) So first red flag, Um, or second red flag, because, you know, they cut in the tent. So... (laughs) There were the remains of a small fire under a cedar tree with branches broken up the tree, up to five meters up the tree, which um, is about 16 feet for Americans. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, the first body was found under the tree, close to the remains of the fire. This body was identified as Doroshenko and he had burns on his head and one of his feet, minor cuts and bruises, dried blood on his face and a gray foam substance on his cheeks, which actually indicated a pulmonary edema. And a pulmonary edema is basically excess fluid built up in your lungs. So his cause of death was determined to be hypothermia. Just nearby him was the body of, oh, here we go. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, I'm gonna go with Krivonashenko. I think that was excellent. Great! Yay! Welcome no. back, no. Russian. Досвидания. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <Dasvidanya. laughs> <laughs> um, I think she just said something offensive about my mother in Russian, but I'm just going to pause over that. Um, so he had similar minor cuts and bruises, and was missing the tip of his nose. So he had burns on his hands and a chunk of his knuckle was missing. That would later be found in his mouth. So I don't know if he was scared and just kind of like biting on his knuckles to keep his teeth from chattering, or I'm not sure. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. That's, that's what I read later on. Okay. Is that he was
0: biting his knuckles to circumvent the pain of freezing
1: to death. Okay. Um, so his death was also hypothermia. Now, Igor Dyatlov, who's the leader of the group and for whom the pass would later be named, he was found 300 meters or 328 yards up the slope, (laughs) up the slope back toward the tent. He had minor cuts and bruises, a missing tooth and blood on his lips. His cause of death was also hypothermia. So interestingly, his watch had actually stopped at 5:31 a.m. Now, Kolmog- oh, here we go. Kolmogorova. Gorova. Yeah? Services? Fantastic. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she was found face down, about 630 meters or 689 yards. Up the hill from the cedar tree, closest, she was found closest to the tent. She also had minor cuts and bruises, but she had a large blunt force bruise of unknown origin. But her cause of death was also hypothermia. So, Slobodin, Slobodin, Slobodin. I'm going with Slobodin. Okay. Um, wasn't found until March 5th, so almost a month after they were, had... They had were supposed to have returned from this hike. Um, And he was found between Komogorova and Dyatlov on the hill. Now he was wearing one boot. He had similar minor wounds and a fractured skull. So the fractured skull, however, wasn't actually serious enough to cause death. And again, his death was determined to be hypothermia. So, the last four hikers were not found until two months later when the area began to thaw. They were found in a six-foot ravine. This is actually written in the article, Six-Foot Ravine, so I didn't bother to translate it into metric. <laughs> <laughs> two, two meters. There we go. <laughs> Let's see. If 10 centimeters is four inches, then no. Okay. <laughs> so, Kolevatov, Yeah, Kolevitov? Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was found to have died of hypothermia, but had a broken nose and was missing his eyes and the soft tissue around them. But this was likely from animal predation. Uh, His clothes were found later to have traces of radioactivity on them. He and Zolotaryov. Hey, look at me go. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say an English word to say my fucking life. (laughs) but Russian <laughs> <Australia>. <laughs> right? I'm
2: Amal, you have a calling to learn Russian
1: <laughs> only a language I, that you can pronounce apparently Erin also says I do really well with Japanese words as well so I'm not really sure <laughs> but I can't say a, an, or the right? um, <laughs> so <laughs> So anyway, he and Zolotaryov, the one non-student member and the most experienced hiker of the group, were embraced like they were trying to preserve body heat. Um, Now, he died from a crushed chest and had a pen and paper in his hand, but was never able to write his message. Now, Thibaut Brignol that sounds yeah. right. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, was nearby and um, he died from an impact to his skull and Dubenina died of a crushing injury to her chest and her eyes, tongue and soft tissue were missing. But again, that might've been animal predation.
2: Um, yeah.
1: She had blood in her stomach and radioactivity on her clothes, which were found later. I, I imagine, I mean, if similar to the guy that whose knuckle was found in his mouth, her tongue might've been Maybe she bit her tongue, bit it off in the shivering.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Um, So anyway, she had blood in her stomach and radioactivity on her clothes, which was found later. The region itself was also said to have signs of radioactivity, though only confirmation was found on their clothing. Now, with almost all of these folks um, having their official cause of death being hypothermia I was like okay so they've got cuts and bruises they've got like skull fractures like what the freaking hell happens to the body during hypothermia so I looked up the stages of hypothermia and there are five the first stage is mild hypothermia which is 35 to 32 degrees Celsius of the body's core temperature. And hypothermia sets in when the body's core temperature drops below 35 degrees Celsius, which is about 95 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Yeah. It does not take a lot of body temperature loss.
1: It doesn't because what is it like the standard body temperature is like 98.6 or maybe they've lowered that a little to like 97 But once you hit 95 degrees, hypothermia is starting to set in, which I found fascinating. Um, So in the very first stage, normal or near normal consciousness and shivering set in. In stage two is moderate hypothermia, in which case the body's core temperature drops 32 to 28 degrees Celsius. The shivering stops and consciousness becomes impaired. Now, this is about the part, Arch, where I think you and I have talked about hypothermia before, where people feel like they're getting hot. Yeah, so yeah. they take their clothes off because right. their body thinks they're burning up. Yep. Um, in stage three is severe hypothermia, which is 24 to 28 degrees. Unconsciousness occurs. And it may be difficult to detect vital signs. In stage four is apparent death, 15 to 24 degrees, um, which is about 75 degrees in Fahrenheit. And, but in apparent death, you can still be brought back. You can still be, your life can still be saved in that fourth Mm -hmm. stage. In the fifth stage, death is, um, occurs from irreversible hypothermia.
0: And I, I have personally experienced stage two.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You think, you think, you think that you're so cold that your clothes are just fire. Really? What, and. Yeah, it's it's fortunately I've never ventured into stage three.
1: Thank God like it's
0: no, you know it's fucking cold and you are not burning hot. So I I I know I know the I know this crazy, <laughs> I know all sorts of crazy, and I know this one too.
1: <laughs> well, you know it's it's crazy because I don't think a lot of people they're like oh they just got really cold. Well, yeah, but there's a little bit more to it. It basically hypothermia occurs when the body's ability to generate heat by burning calories, muscle exertion, and shivering is overwhelmed by heat loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's. I I read a thing after the Titanic movie came out that a lot of those people could have been saved that were in the water. They could have been saved. They weren't necessarily in that worst, worst stage. They could have been, um, they could have been, their lives could have been saved because they were only like stage four.
0: Certainly. And in my case, my friend and I were out sledding and we were just in our neighborhood. We weren't, in the middle of an ocean or mm. in the middle of Siberia. We actually had the opportunity to realize this isn't right. We need to go home and warm up. That's amazing. And and we 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 did.
1: <laughs> could you could you imagine being stuck out there? I mean like So a lot of these, these different things, like you were saying, you know, your, your body makes it feel like it's on fire. So you start to take your clothes off, but you know, that accounts for Mm -hmm. the footprints that were bare feet or sock feet. And the one guy that was maybe missing his shoe. And, you know, so, but I find it really interesting that there were like a fractured skull. Um, Obviously the eyes and the soft tissue around the eyes, of course, animal predation, is not a far stretch. Um, But what, what would have caused them? They were hikers and they had been there for like, presumably they had gone through already a number of things to get to that point on the mountain. So they were prepared to spend the night on that mountain. So what happened in that one night that caused them all to be like, get the fuck out, cut this open, run.
0: It's Mm -hmm. it's funny. You should mention that because I, I do bring that up. Good.
2: And, and the big uh, thing for me, too, is like, okay, if you had to get out of there because there was bear, whatever, whatever yeah. happens, right, why wouldn't you go back, especially if you're freezing to death, like, that's your shelter, unless, mm-hmm. like, there was a clear and imminent danger still there, but they weren't even that far from it, right? They weren't even that far from the tent, some of them. Right. So, like, why wouldn't you go back to the tent? Well, and... The-
0: the tent might not have been their very best source of protection, which will be coming up shortly.
1: All right.
2: Okay. Any answers,
1: Archie. Okay. So, Archie, you have all the answers and um, you're gonna have to solve this case for us because I don't I don't like all the questions I have and no for- goddamn answers. All right. Do we want to take a break first or do
0: you want me to just get right in it?
1: Yes, let's take a quick break. Everybody, please listen to this wonderful promo for one of our buddy podcasts. And we will be back as Archie cracks open the case of what happened to the hikers at the Dia Log Pass. Along with his beer. (laughs) Along with his beer.
0: Along with another
1: beer. (laughs) We will be right back.
2: Hey everyone, this is Prash host of Prash's
0: Murder Map Pack your passport and jump on a plane because I'd like to take you on a journey to investigate some of the most heinous, macabre and enigmatic murders across the globe and throughout history We'll look at forensics, psychology and more as we dissect solved and unsolved cases like Australia's Frankston killer and a murderous family on the American frontier If you'd like to give my podcast a try you can find me on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Hope to see you soon.
1: Okay, guys, we are back, and Archie is going to crack this case wide open for us. Go. All right. So what what happened? As I'm you... going to say it's a Getty. That's what I vote. Wow.
0: No. Am I wrong? Am I way well, off? I mean, I'd, I'd like to get the sentence out,
2: but... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bitch! I'm gonna tell you. Just shut up.
0: <laughs> so, what happened? Wait, maybe it was a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: God! Okay, this it's is a awesome. UFO. <laughs> just stop, shout stuff at him the whole time. <laughs> Somebody farted and smelled so bad in the (laughs) tent. it open and run out. (laughs) Oh my god! It was Ted Bundy. Nazis.
0: You know I really (laughs) like day drinking, but now I understand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I understand the necessity now to put up with us. Is that what you're saying?
0: As you can imagine.
1: It was Imhotep. Oh, my God. (laughs) Caesar. It was Caesar. Oh, my God. All right, I'm muting myself, I swear. Oh, God, can I mute you? (laughs) It's not working. I can still hear you. Also, no.
2: You're just going to be this torturous voice inside Archie's head now.
0: <laughs> oh, it already is. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> As you can imagine, the theories range from mundane to fucking ludicrous. The sheer amount of theories cannot be truly managed here, but there are a few categories. Foul play. Get One you. of the possibilities is of a more mundane nature is that the camp was met with foul play. One theory posits some of the hikers were double agents, transporting radioactive samples and searching for CIA agents reportedly in the area. However, something went wrong and the CIA agents attacked. However, it seems very unlikely. If they were transporting radioactive samples, why were only their clothes radioactive? And right. the theory points the finger at Zolotaryov, Kolvetov, and Karipaschenko. Is that what you said? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I closed my notes because my part was done. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were those guys <laughs>
0: as being the spies, but only Kolevetov of the group had radioactive clothes. The other was Dubinina. Why did they cut themselves out of their tent? Why did six of them die of hypothermia? It explains very little. Another theory claims that they were mistaken for fugitives from the gulags or witnesses to something they shouldn't have seen. The primary piece of evidence for this is that the region had gulags and Yuri Yudin, their survivor, claimed a piece of clothing was here that did not belong to anyone in the group what is a gulag the gulag is a russian prison in siberia oh shit okay literally no other term for it except for prison in siberia basically
2: they were like work camps too they like work them worked them to death
0: Mm. Holy oh, yeah.
1: shit! Okay, mm. so kind of like like North Korea, and you do like that's your hard like labor. Hard. Is your yeah hard labor?
0: Kind of, but Siberia specific. Mm-hmm. Yeesh! It's super cold. Yeah, um, that evidence later disappeared from the evidence room. This Interesting. Theory, this theory explains very little, and the fact that Zola Tarayev. A World War II veteran had joined the group last minute and also is an easy explanation for how this piece of clothing got there. It is unlikely that Udin had a photographic memory of his compatriot's clothing items, especially if they were underclothes. And I'm now understanding how ridiculous that paragraph sounds. (laughs) <laughs>
2: I I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like and if so, he's super creeps and I'm glad he went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, why, why do you know what everybody's underwear looks like? Like that's
0: just, yeah, that, I, I got I got totally lost to that paragraph too. I should Nobody
1: have- is buying your fucking sciatica now, buddy. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. The Indigenous people of the region, the Mansi, I'm sorry, another theory is that, in the foul play section, is that the Indigenous people of the region, the Mansi, attacked the group, one theory says. However, they were an easy scapegoat, and they would have no reason to. The area was not special to the Mansi, Mm -hmm. and all of the belongings were left behind, so it was not a robbery.
1: So kind of like the pirate theory in the Mary Celeste, like worst pirates ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Another foul play theory was an altercation between the hikers themselves, but that explains very little. Why would everyone have died? Why did most of them die of hypothermia? Why did all of them leave the tent? There was also no evidence they had ill will towards each other.
1: You are not answering any of my questions. You're simply adding to my giant list.
0: Oh, hi. You must be new here. Oh,
1: right. (laughs) Sorry.
0: There are two things about the Dialata Pass incident that really stoke the fires of those who believe in a supernatural explanation.
1: That's what I'm here
0: for. Go. The signs of radiation and an image from Thibodeau slash. Ha, la, la,
1: ha. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not
0: the second name. hyphen <laughs> Brignoles camera, the Yeti attack theory, is given weight by local legends among the Mansai people as such a creature, but doesn't explain much of the other parts. Why did most die of hypothermia? Why were the most severe injuries crushing injuries, not slash marks or bite marks? Why did they cut out of their tent instead of the Yeti ripping into it? There are so many things wrong with this theory. Mm -hmm. Why did they stop to build a fire? As far as UFOs, this one is extremely popular. As it goes, a UFO scared them from their tent and is the cause for the radiation. They still don't understand the explanation of the fire the broken cedar branches, hypothermia, etc. Part of the intrigue comes from Lev Ivanov, the man in charge of the investigation at the time, making claims in the early 1990s about forest treetops being burned and being forced to take out the pictures Nancy hunters had given of flying spears. Really? Ivanov, Ivanov was paid for the interview where he gave this information. He was also a proponent of freak ball lightning in 1959, and the man that forced Ivanov to take out the mentions of the UFOs was obsessed with UFOs.
1: I'm sorry, can we please go back to freak ball lightning? What is that?
0: Ball, ball lightning is is a normal thing.
1: Um. Well. On, is it <laughs> gruff or... <laughs> We partake, we partook in some freak ball lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Actually, there's a spot in the United States where ball lightning is sort of common. What it's, is it? Like, literally, like a ball of lightning? Well, it's in Marfa, Texas, where it's very most common. It's not exactly understood, but that's. That's the best explanation we have.
1: Is so it's a, it's a natural occurrence.
0: It's a natural electromagnetic occurrence, but only specific to certain spots in the
2: world. Apparently, I just looked it up because I was like, what? Oh, God. Yeah, you. they really don't know what causes it. And it's been documented since the ancient Greeks. Wow. It really happens. And there's some photos up here. I suggest we put one up. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: And actually, okay. if, if uh, Carrie, if you and your family are going to go the southern route, you will not be very far from Marfa, Texas, which is well known for having ball lightning.
2: And okay. Marfa's, Marfa's like a weird, cool little art town. Like they have. Um, there's like a Prada store in the middle of nowhere there. There's like, it's, <laughs> you have to look it up.
1: It's very strange. I was like, but a literally lot of people like, no, it's go not, there. Not what I was expecting you to
2: say. <laughs> I know, right? Like, go to Marfa, Texas. But uh, yeah, Marfa's this strange little, artsy yeah, it, town. It, it's, it's a weird
0: little place where a weird thing happens.
2: Yeah, very odd, very odd little town.
1: Huh. Okay, yeah, I definitely need to to look this up, and we will put a picture of it on our social media. Um, Now, this is one of the theories, Arch? Um, I've gone over two.
0: Well, I mean, one of, but it's one of the two. (laughs) One one of the two. (laughs) The other is nature. Nature is the most likely culprit here. An avalanche is unlikely due to the slope of the mountain they were on, the small amount of snow found on the tent, and this not being an avalanche-prone area. The footprints would have been wiped away. For one, the group would not have been able to outrun an avalanche either. The most likely scenario is called a catabatic wind. Catabatic means descending wind. It is also called gravity wind. It is a phenomenon that occurs over ice sheets or cooled mountain areas, including the topography of the Dilatov Pass area. This hurricane-force wind can reach up to 81 meters per second and happen suddenly, without warning, like a storm.
1: Okay, that sounds terrifying. Yeah.
0: This phenomenon also occurs at night. One such wind killed Skiers in Sweden in 1978, when a wind erupted out of a calm day at 20 meters per second. They abandoned their camp, their camp, most died of exposure, and their bodies were found with minor injuries. The bodies were found at intervals that led away from a hastily constructed snow shelter. The difference here is that one person survived.
1: Okay, so then that actually would account for the cuts, the bruises, like the physical damage to the body that hypothermia does not cause.
0: Correct. Okay. And again, in 2019, Swedish adventurers and local guides followed the path of the hikers to replicate the exact trip of the hikers. They went out at the same time of year, followed the same path with the same supplies. They experienced extreme and unpredictable changes in weather. The Swedish adventurers then came up with the catabatic wind theory, and this is supported by situational evidence. For instance, 1. After a tiring day of hiking, the tent was pitched hastily with standing skis and was not angled on the gradient as it should have been. 2. A gale force wind swept down the gradient of the mountain threatening to rip apart their tent and they cut their way out of the tent for speed and shovelled snow on top of the tent to hold it down in the strong winds using what they had their bare hands. Three they left a flashlight on top of their tent as they evacuated to act as a beacon to guide them back to camp. Oh, four. They went down the slope to seek shelter in the trees and lower elevation from the winds on the mountain. They were buffeted by debris lifted by the strong winds. Five. The three found on the slope died where they fell as they descended the mountain without shoes in light clothing. Slobodin, Kolmorgora, and Dyatlov. Six. Doroshenko, a notoriously brave man, and Krivonishenko took responsibility for constructing a fire with Doroshenko, climbing the cedar tree to break off branches for the fire. Okay. The other four were to build shelters in the ravine to shield them from the winds. The wicked winds would explain the burns or collapsing into the fire as they succumbed to hypothermia. Kribe's okay. His knuckle injury was from biting it to stay conscious. Seven, the remaining four members went into the ravine and huddled together in a snow shelter, but the snow shelter collapsed onto them, crushing the last four members. Dubanina had been crawling into the shelter when it collapsed on all of them. Soft tissue decomposition happens naturally, particularly in water. Mm -hmm. Individuals in the ravine had been in water and refroze during melting and refreezing periods.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: But what about the radioactivity?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question.
0: Kolevatov was a student of nuclear physics and he could have come into contact with radioactive materials. Dumanina was an engineering and economics major. There was also the fact that it was two months later before the bodies with radioactive traces were found, and there were several possibilities for contamination. Only beta particles were found, and they are used in product testing to determine the thickness of an item, and these particles can be transferred to said item. Perhaps this was done on the clothes or on the tarp the students were carried in. The radioactivity appears to be little more than a red herring, leading people away from the most logical conclusion, as it is usually in the case with these kinds of mysteries. And that is me finishing this out.
1: (laughs) I think... It's, I think it's the, the nature one. I think it is the, the hurricane winds on that mountain. That seemed, it, it, it explains all of the damage to the bodies. The, the idea that the one guy would have climbed up the trees and like that's what broke the branches off 16 feet up the tree to make the fire. That seems the most plausible explanation. I have heard
2: one other one that's pretty good. It was um, Caesar, and it's clo- right. It was totally Caesar.
1: Um,
2: they had those like s- stovepipe, um, like fires in the tent to keep. It, it warm. was
1: Lincoln. <laughs> it was Abraham good. Lincoln. <laughs> it's the
2: ghost of Dolly Madison. God damn it!
1: God damn it! Everybody just sh- followed us. <laughs> Stop eating her dairy stuff,
2: <laughs> right? Don't touch the rose garden, Melania, right? Um, okay, so so <laughs> there's a fire that, and they have the pipe leading out, right, to let the smoke out. Um, something happens, um, and maybe it was wind or whatever, but the smoke starts filling up the tent. They have to get out quickly. They cut, they go out, um, you know, and then pretty much. What happens after that follows along, like the hypothermia, um, falling down, they, you know, making the fire, all of that kind of all kind of falls in line. And the radioactivity, I did read somewhere that it wasn't even high. It's not like they got some really high radioactive um, spikes pool, or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it was its like what was on their clothing is just out of the range of. Normal. Yeah, something normal yeah. yeah so it's not yep. it wasn't like really high so it's not like
1: you know they were walking around with radioactive isotopes in their pocket yeah nobody was carrying yellow cake uranium in their backpack or anything right yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and there's even theories that there was some sort of romantic entanglement that alcohol was involved and everybody freaked out
1: i mean well, that i buy
0: well, the thing is, they they had they had a little container of alcohol, but it was medical grade, Ew. meaning it was to be taken for wounds and things, and that wasn't mm. even touched when all of their supplies were hound.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, I hmm, I like the Abraham Lincoln theory. He was hunting vampires <laughs> in Russia, as he does as he does when he's not haunting the white house mm-hmm. um, and then a uh, hurricane blew through Siberia. I, I think, <laughs> I tend to think it was, yeah, the the ball lightning and the Siberian hurricane that seems to just kind of fit the evidence and the trauma to the bodies and, and all of that. Yeah. Nature is a bitch. Mother Nature, man, she will fuck you up. Like in, in Siberia, her. like in the mountains, inside. Like, come on. Like, you were talking it. about, like,
2: why did you go in the first place?
1: Seriously. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's okay. Number cold. one, hiking. <laughs> number two, Siberia. <laughs> number three, <laughs> you have like to carry your own gear. Right? Number
2: Worst vacation three, ever. Number four. <laughs> Russians are a different
0: breed. It's just they are hard. Cool. Very fuck with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mother nature can fuck with them. Apparently,
2: yeah. Like I can't even imagine the the Swedes that decided to take this on after knowing everything that had happened to the original people. They're like, yeah, we're gonna follow this and see what's going on. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that?
0: <laughs> like you gotta
1: know, right? <laughs> No, there's one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has always been a really fascinating story. I think um, just simply because there are so many different theories about what happened to them. And um, some of them range from the insane, like Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter to <laughs> <laughs> <or> <laughs> Yeti, or UFOs. Yeti UFOs. um yeah. I, I really Some of that. the ones I threw in there, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always been a really, a really interesting story that I think my favorite murder has covered it. And a couple of other podcasts, I think even maybe the last podcast on the left covered it. Um, so it's always been a really, really fascinating story. Um, so I like that we're getting into this conspiracy theory, mystery kind of, genre of the paranormal because the paranormal umbrella encompasses so much. It's not just ghosts and, and things that go bump in the night. So I'm really excited, um, that we're starting to, to delve into the conspiracy theory side of things. Um, so to that end, we're going to be doing solely conspiracy theories once a month for our Patreon listeners at the $5 and up donor level. We just released our very first one and, um, Every fifteenth of the month, there's a new conspiracy theory that we're going to be putting out. So join us at patreoncom hoahpodcast. and um, that is it for this week's episode. Arch, we have we've got a couple of double recordings, you guys, coming up because I'm getting ready to move. So we're going to not be recording for a couple of weeks while I trek my whole family across the United States, nowhere near Siberia or any kind of treacherous terrain like that. But um, I will be acting dramatic like it is a big trek across Siberia because <laughs> we're taking free dogs. But um, <laughs> so we are going to be doubling up on episodes and stockpiling some episodes in the bank so that none of you ever miss a single episode where we're still going to be putting out content every Saturday morning. And um, we got some really fun stuff coming up we're really
2: going to miscarry when she goes to the gulag yeah <laughs> which is her gulag which is her move hey, <laughs> yes hey, we, don't, we don't talk about that
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shh, we don't say it out loud but she's not wrong <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've got some uh, whole towns that we're going to be covering that are haunted and um, some pretty cool places here in the United States. I think, Arch, I sent you a big list of places to look into that may or may not uh, be wonderfully haunted. Did you? Oh,
0: I I think I printed them, but they've been buried under like 400 emails.
1: Um.
0: yeah Yeah, i'll try and take a look for them
1: yeah that's fine um we've got we've got plenty of time so anyway guys that's all we have we hope you enjoyed this episode of the mystery of the diatlov pass or the diatlov pass or the dynasty crossing (laughs) whatever you want to call it however you want to say it in your bungled american accent (laughs) (laughs) damn yeah All right, that's all we got, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next week with a brand new location. And Archie, Laura, as always, let's tell them they've got to be safe out there because they never know who or what is listening. Bye, guys. Bye.